Greetings from Jerusalem, the only city on the planet which is called the Throne of the Lord, Jeremiah 3.17. Our theme song you just heard is Tukun Olam, which resonates the soul of this broadcast to help repair the world, especially the church and Israel. What can we offer that few others can? Tune in each week. Our message is coming from Jerusalem and will give real meat to the Word of God in this season of much-needed Bible truth. For the one billion Christians in the world, I would like to see this broadcast help you catch a glimpse of what you've been missing and to help you reconnect your faith to the missing link. I guarantee you'll go deeper in the Word of God from tuning in to Heartbeat for Israel, sponsored by Christian Friends of Israel Jerusalem at cfijerusalem.org. Why? There's so much to tell. Just join us now for our time together. The sands of time have covered many an earthly treasure, but none so valued and of paramount importance as unearthing the cover-up, revealing a negligent and irrelevant lack of importance by the church of the Jewishness of Jesus to our faith. Among the sand dunes of history formed by the forces of the power of winds of doctrine is an imprint which the Messiah of Israel left on the world. Can you see it? Truth demands the discovery of who he truly represents, and it should be given back to the world to remember him for who he was, and forever shall be, a Jew. It is the responsibility of those who see him clearly from the Holy Scriptures to share with others during these days of the restoration of all things. That's in the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 23. One can be assured as all things are restored, according to the Lord, that the real Jesus is about to stand up and come home to his people. What do I mean by this statement? Anyone can change a man's name, but not his birth certificate. Where a child is born is registered in nearly every nation along with his nationality. There would have been a census record made at the time of his birth. And the truth about Jesus, and by the way, his real name is Yeshua in Hebrew, which means salvation. And his Jewishness is not irrelevant. It's not unimportant as it's been treated through the centuries by the organized church. Whitewashing his background? <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's nothing short of deception, which has hurt the credibility of Christianity in the Jewish world. Christian history shrouded Jesus from his own people. Early portraits of him camouflaged his manhood and appearance for centuries. Christians need to internalize that Jesus is a Jew, and nothing's going to change that truth. Whether the cover-up was an actual attempt at burying the truth, 
or just an embarrassing lack of education. The evidence has been hidden from millions while submerged as if in a sandy burial tomb. That's why we're looking at the sands of time. The lifestyle and culture of Jesus has been hard to decipher over the centuries, portrayed as insignificant. Jesus' Jewishness is hard to understand in some Christian circles. Nikolai Berdyev, I quote him, he says, Christians stand between Jesus and the Jews, concealing the Savior's true image. There's no doubt the church suppressed what they projected to be a minor point to the Christian faith, and that resulted in a big mistake. It separated from its mother faith, Christianity, and brought about a parting of the ways. The oldest known portrait of Jesus was found in Syria and dated to about 235. It it was already showing him, depicting him, as a beardless man dressed in the style of a philosopher with close-cropped hair and wearing a tunic and pallium. By the way, that's a papal ecclesiastical church vestment of the Roman Catholic Church, such as a pope would wear. That comes, information comes from wikipedia.org. His real outer garment, his robe, would have been seamless, as should have been portrayed as a garment worn by a high priest. Without this garment, a high priest couldn't serve in the temple. Now what resulted was the church watered down the Lord's role as Jewish Messiah and Savior of the world. The sad history of the depiction of Jesus on the dockets of time showed that the list of things that should have been considered as important have been ignored. How could this have happened when Jesus taught from a Jewish perspective? More than a Jewish perspective, he taught from the Torah. The words of Moses, the words of the major and minor prophets of the Jewish scriptures. He taught from nothing else. Since the passing of his original Jewish disciples, who, by the way, in the end, they loved him so much that they died. Some of them flayed alive, sawed in half, beheaded, and crucified upside down. Well, Jesus evolved for many in the Gentile world as a different Jesus. And to the Jews, he looked and looks like a Gentile God. The first-hand Jewish witnesses of Jesus who walked and talked with him were now no longer on the earth. And the personality and manhood of Yeshua, Jesus, were quickly covered up and lost to the sands of time. It was time to portray a new Jesus, one that had no connection to the Jews. If Christian Bible scholars and forefathers had studied the words of Jesus in their Hebraic context, they may have considered how Jewish was all that Jesus taught. It was not a Gentile, but a Jewish world which birthed, raised, 
and buried Jesus. During the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, it was the Jewish people who were putting their garments on the donkey under him. An ancient Jewish custom at the time signifying you were accepting his authority and submitting to it. That's right. If there are any Jewish friends listening at this time um, and, and you don't believe in Jesus, that's your choice. But the scriptures are very clear in the major prophets of the Bible and the Jewish scriptures in Isaiah and Micah and Daniel. It all tells about it. And the Jewish children were crying, Hosanna. That's a messianic welcome to the king. And it, even the people were laying palm branches in a royal procession and accompanying him into Jerusalem. It was a big parade. It was God who had plans to include non-Jews, Gentiles, into his kingdom. And he had this plan in action. What's so sad and sinister is that the Gentiles to whom God opened the way of salvation through mercy slapped the Jewish people in the face. They said, we'll take your message, we'll take your Bible, your wise men, your Jesus, but we don't want you. This has been the problem. The church has called herself the new Israel for long enough. And the people who belong, who are true believers in Jesus, need to see the people of Jesus. Ruth, let's look at Ruth, the book of Ruth. She joined the Jewish community of her time. She didn't join a church. They, there was no church. They chose to separate completely from Israel, the church did. And what we have today is a non-Jewish Jesus to most congregational pew fillers with no conception that the Jewish Jesus who walked this earth is watching from a distance. Jesus the Jew became Jesus the man of many faces. To some, he, he's African. Some, he's Chinese. He's Mexican. He's Indian. And many other nationalities. But this is not exactly straight because he presented himself to the world as a Jew, born a Jew, raised a Jew, taught as a Jew, and he was buried as a Jew. But he was resurrected, as we know, those of us who are believers. Today, many believers don't even read their Bibles. And they don't want to believe what it says. On Christmas Day 2019, the Palestinian Authority held a Christmas celebration in Birtzeit, north of Ramallah, during which the newspapers tell us that Jesus was praised as a Palestinian guerrilla fighter. That was in the December 2019 official PA TV news. One writer said if Jesus was alive today, he'd be labeled as a Jewish settler and barred from entering Bethlehem. A New Zealand lawmaker re uh, stated recently that Jesus' mother was a Palestinian refugee. Again, another attempt to erase any Jewish connection to the Jewishness of Jesus and his earthly family. It just all has served to further the cause of Christian anti-Semitism. 
The Greek Orthodox Archbishop Atalahana, his narrative recently blurted out that Jesus was born in Palestine, not in Paris, not in Washington, or anywhere else. Jesus was a Palestinian. The truth is, he was born in Israel. He lived, died, and rose again here. And he will return for those of us who believe in him to his earthly home, Israel. Nazareth, his hometown, was at one time a Jewish town. He still remains a lion from the tribe of Judah, and Israel's enemies will one day bow at the feet of a Jewish God, and a Jewish Messiah will rule the world. And now that statement will make a lot of you uncomfortable. But all you have to do is read the Bible. You know, it's interesting that Benjamin Netanyahu's son, Yair, it was reported and affirmed because the Jewishness of Jesus, not long ago, Linda Sarsar, Sarsar she's an Islamic activist, she said on her Twitter, while a Twitter storm was going, she was claiming Jesus was a Palestinian of Nazareth and is described in the Quran as being brown, copper-skinned, with woolly hair. A sharp response came. The young Netanyahu tweeted back saying, Are you stupid? On the cross above Jesus' head was the sign, I-N-R-I. It is Latin, and I don't want to uh, butcher the Latin, but the meaning is Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Yes, according to the flesh, and Romans chapter 1 and verse 3, Jesus came from Jewish stock. Miriam, his mother, was a Jewess. He was born under the Torah, in other words, the law, of which Christians are so afraid. Look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. He was circumcised the eighth day according to Jewish custom and Torah. Romans chapter 15 and verse 8. He spoke Hebrew and Aramaic. Both are Semitic languages. The apostles he chose were all Jewish. He lived in respect of the Mosaic law, the Torah, which was preached in the synagogues and he stood up to read about himself. He taught the Torah all his life. He proclaimed he was the Messiah announced by the Jewish prophets and the godly old God-fearing Jew, Simeon, who said, Now my eyes have seen thy salvation. Chapter 2 of the book of Luke, verse 30. Now I know I'm arguing in favor of something that is unpopular in the church today. But this message is for those who love the truth. And this truth comes from God's unchanging word, the Bible. And truth is raising its voice. The prophetic telescope of time shows us that we are presently experiencing the restoration of all things. The divine right of kings was the right to rule a kingdom. Jesus will come to earth to rule his father's kingdom on earth from Israel's eternal capital, Jerusalem. That is the firm belief of all Christian true believers 
who follow Jesus. We must challenge our thinking to accept him for who he really is, as he will not be setting up a worldwide Christian church. He never knew a Christian. Christians didn't call themselves by this name until Shaul, now the church calls him Paul, a Gentile name, went to Antioch. If we do not accept it, that he was a Jew, many could end up falling into the another Jesus snare, which the Bible warns us about. As a writer and truth researcher, we only want to challenge injustice. We must seek to correct wrongdoing. There's no bias, but only a sadness, a real sadness of what has happened through the centuries. And our hope is that those truly following the Lord who are born again, having done repentance, and have a changed lifestyle to prove the fruit of that experience with Jesus, that they will see the truth and ask God to forgive the past and current deceptions that many in the church are believing. A number of leading rabbis wrote in the last few years saying, on the one hand, Jesus strengthened the Torah of Moses majestically, and not one of our sages spoke out more emphatically concerning the immutability of the Torah. That was an orthodox rabbinic statement that was issued in the year of 2015. Now, I'm not saying those rabbis believe in Jesus. I'm saying that they recognize that he spoke the Torah, and they said he did it majestically. You know, there is no evidence whatsoever that Jesus ever left his, ever left his people. Jules Isaac, a great man and writer, said that statement. He never left his people. And Jesus warned about end-time deception. He said, be ye not deceived, Matthew chapter 24, verse 4 to 31. New Testament readers should recognize that the Gospel of Matthew presents Jesus in a very Jewish light. The Jewish author presents Jesus as the awaited Messiah of Israel, as well as provides insights into the world that would have been familiar to Matthew's first readers. As Joseph was sold to Gentiles in Egypt, the day came for a reunion with his brothers and family. In this new day of restoration, we see a great interest in Israelis studying about Jesus. Now, I didn't say that they all converted uh, to Christianity because that's not what we want them to do. They are Jewish and they must remain Jewish. But a great interest is out there because they're studying. Some even say, maybe you ought to come back to Israel family. Well, pockets of interest in Israeli academics, artists, writers, and religious scholars, it, it's just more positive than it has been in the past. You know, as Joseph's personal identity was hidden for a lot, long time, it, 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 it sort of appears to me it's the same with Jesus. David Lazarus, a writer for Israel Today, in January of 2020, said, 
We are witnessing the undoing of 2,000 years of Jewish rejection and animosity toward Jesus. A miracle by any estimation. I didn't say there was a mass conversion. That's not my point in my teaching today. We are saying that there's more interest in who the man Jesus was. And the rabbi said Jesus brought a double goodness to the world. On the one hand, he strengthened the Torah of Moses, and not one of our sages ever spoke out like him. That's a little bit of a repeat. I wanted to emphasize that, how the Jewish rabbis felt about him. The Didache, the account of the original constitution of the early Talmudim, that's disciples who were Jewish, who met together, they saw him, they were the eyewitnesses, they walked with him, they saw his miracles. Those who met together confirmed that the gospel that went out was a Jewish one, as long as they were alive. And then the gospel was portrayed as a Gentile gospel. That's what's happened. Now's the time to think about how it'll be when he comes back. If I say to you, do you believe in the second coming of Jesus? I see you. I see hands all over the place in my spirit. Do you think he'll arrive home as a non-Jewish Messiah? Or will he be the king of the Jews and king of the nations? How can we ever, if we don't study Bible prophecy, and the second coming of, of, of Jesus, as Christians believe, how will we ever be able to know what the kingdom is going to be like if we don't believe in the nation of Israel? Because he's coming here. And I believe we will see the real Jesus. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 in the Aramaic Bible in plain English says, and we shall see him just as he is. Tradition can become so ingrained that we won't allow the Bible to challenge us. And it'll be at his coming according to God's will. And will we cooperate with it in reuniting Jesus with his brothers to fulfill his plans and purposes? I'm speaking as a Christian. For whosoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and my mother. That's Mark chapter 3, verse 32 to 35. Like Joseph, who became the head of the clan or the family of the dynasty of David, so will the Lord rule and reign over all the earth from Jerusalem. Somehow, God is going to purify his body across the world and open up eyes to see Jesus not as the founder of the Christian church, or as the first Christian, or the first Catholic. <laughs> I'm quoting the great Dr. Dwight Pryor. He also said, in Britain, he may quite possibly, albeit subconsciously, be seen as the first Anglican. Certainly, many people perceive Jesus as a Gentile, a blue-eyed English churchman. The majority of our Western Christian culture casts Jesus into a non-Jewish mold with blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, to the extent this is done, believers will fail to understand him and his teachings. Another Bible scholar said if one attempts to de-Judaize Jesus, 
by making him into some sort of all-purpose human being, then one loses the Jesus of history. This is not to say that saving faith may be any the less real, but that our understanding of his teachings will be weakened or distorted, and this can affect our theology, and it has. It can affect our Christian lifestyle and the way we present him to the world today. An appreciation of the Jewishness of Jesus, his background and his teaching, is essential, he said, if we are to fully understand his claims for himself and the full impact of his message. Well, I have just a few moments before this, this particular episode, teaching episode, finishes. If anyone renounces the Jewish Jesus, it's contrary to the words of God. If you don't like this, to hear that he's a Jew, then you have to battle it out with God. The, the first believers wouldn't have done that. If we look the other way and hope this problem goes away, it won't. Jesus taught only Torah. This was the focal point of his teachings, and most Christians just don't realize it. He had one standard, and that was the Torah. What he disagreed on was the traditions of the elders, which were not given by Moses at Mount Sinai, but they were added human traditions of men. The church has done the same thing. He was also more interested at the inside of a person in the heart than just the outward appearance. Jesus, along with Peter, James, Shaul, or Paul, and the other disciples considered the Jewish scriptures, and it would have been in scroll form at that time, to be their standard and his teachings, all centered around God, his Father. He taught the Jewish proclamation, the Shema, the hero Israel, Mark 12, 28 to 30. Do you Christians know it? My brothers and sisters, Jesus taught us the Jewish Shema, hear, O Israel. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Chad, Baruch Shem Kavod, Malkuto, Leolam Vayed. You need to learn it. What Christians call the Old Testament is the only Bible, the authoritative word which he quoted from. When the church looks down on the Jewish faith, they're looking down on the words of God and declaring it outdated and archaic. Constantine and the Catholic Church claimed Israel's Messiah came to start a new religion called Christianity. Oh, did Jesus come to do that? Really? Tune in to the next episode of Heartbeat for Israel. And when you do, you will be amazed at what you are learning that you've never been taught. God bless you all, and I'm looking forward to joining you again on the next session of the Jewishness of Jesus. This is Sharon Sanders with Christian Friends of Israel. You can locate us at CFI Jerusalem, one word, dot O-R-G.